Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to our big Time Talker podcast. We're uh, everywhere now. Spotify and Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, wherever you download your podcast, subscribe. New episodes drop every Tuesday. And it's all brought to you by our friends at SpeakerMatch.com, the world's largest online virtual speakers bureau. If you're a platform speaker, maybe you're a meeting planner, you can find one another, the virtual platform there at SpeakerMatch.com. Our guest on the show today is a speaker and an author, an award-winning author at that. And most importantly, she's my pal. Heather Dugan is here to talk to us about all things holidays that come up. Uh, and, and she specializes in those one-on-one interpersonal relationships. Happy holidays, Heather. Same to you, Burke. Thanks for having me on today. It was great to have you. Um, you're a single lady. I'm a single guy. <laughs> for all our, right. our single folks that, that are listening today, the holidays take on a whole different kind of mojo. So they you can run? if you let them. Uh, <laughs> yes. how, do, how do you get past all that? What do you tell people who say, oh. I hate the holidays because I'm single and I want to mingle? Right, right. Well, you know, you have to do a little planning ahead. I think you can't expect the world to come and find you. And I will I will say, you know, the first years after I was divorced eons ago, I kind of had that expectation that somebody would, you know, show up on my driveway and, and take me off to all the parties in life that was going on outside my doors. But, you know, you kind <laughs> of, I, I <laughs> it's not like that, Burke. It's amazing. Hmm. But um, I think it is important to plan a few of the things that are important to you. Now, some of this might be with family. Some of it might be with people in your neighborhood or acquaintances that are similarly, you know, know, single or at least without as many options. I mean, there will be people that look like they're super busy, but again, uh, don't even expect that they necessarily are. A lot of times our, our de facto answer is I'm, you know, really busy when actually we just don't know what else to say, but, you know, planning, you know, whether it's going to a light display, you know, inviting some people to come along or, you know, one thing I've liked to do some years is to host a, you know, Christmas late afternoon or next day, even, uh, you know, bring your leftovers gathering, uh, low key, but it lets people kind of engage with others that way. But, you know, don't expect others to reach out to you and, and, and understanding that people are often so grateful for an opportunity. Let that be your incentive to kind of be the one to go first. Heather Dugan, our guest today, she's the author of the friendship upgrade where you can trade clickable connections for friendships that really matter. Also date like a grown up and, uh, you can find her online at heatherdugan.com. She uh, is talking to us about how to get through the holidays uh, as a single person. Hey, talk to me about uh, clickable connections and how, in your view, the world has, has changed in that way. And, and now it seems that most folks put an awful lot of stock into those, those online connections as opposed to the real one-on-one. This is so true. And it's unfortunate because it has really diluted our conversations and connection to one another. Uh, you know, we were tossed all these wonderful miracles, you know, the, the internet and our cell phones and all of it kind of came so quickly. Uh, we didn't really have time to adapt to one thing before the next was in our hand. And it's, you know, update after update after update. Look what I can do now. Unfortunately, most of these things remove us a step or two from the people in our immediate vicinity. 
uh, you know, anybody has had that experience. You're in a room, you look around and everybody's on their phone. Um, I think even, you know, when we mentioned singles there, a lot of times, you know, they might be swiping left or right at the grocery or whatever, when somebody that they might have connected in, with in real life a few years back is standing right beside them. Um, unfortunately, there's also a lot of opportunity within uh, this digital connection we've become so reliant upon for miscommunication and misunderstanding. So our skills are, are kind of, they're softening and sometimes they have kind of diminished to negligible. Yeah. <laughs> and I, we really have to work on, you know, looking up, putting away our phone, making eye contact and initiating conversations. It isn't so weird. It feels awkward if you haven't done it in a while, but people really welcome that. I think, especially this time of year. Heather Dugan is our guest. We're talking about interpersonal relationships during the holidays, and you can visit her online at heatherdugan.com. There was a, uh, a story that just hit in the news in the last couple of days. It's a horrible story about catfishing online. And, uh, um, and, and you know, a, a police officer uh, from here in the state of Virginia, where I live in, in Northern Virginia, who was catfished and there was a, a whole big awful thing where he went all the way out to California and there was, you know, uh, violence and murder and mayhem. And I, I wonder what you have learned when you learn about and research relationships about the whole phenomena of catfishing and, and sort of steps to avoid all that. Yes. You know, a lot of difficulties come for singles when, um, you don't have other, and I don't want to, I can't speak to the specific situation, obviously, but a right. lot of times when we don't have all these other important elements in our life, we are definitely, we are more vulnerable and we can very easily fall in love with what I call the hypothetical person. So with that, you're kind of looking, you have this thing in your mind and if you see somebody that kind of resembles bits and pieces of that, you toss all your hopes and dreams right onto them. You know, it's like until they show you something different, they're it. And unfortunately, you know, that's our expectation on them. And that may have absolutely nothing to do with the person that they are. <laughs> Excuse me. And so we tend to, um, in those situations, we get more gullible. Um, we're looking for things to confirm the wrong thing. We're looking for them to confirm that they're who we want instead of who they are. Right. Uh, and, and, and people go too fast then, you know, that's one reason, you know, I wrote date like a grown up first because that's where my life was at that point. <laughs> I sure. was ready to date like a grown up, and I wanted other people to do the same. Um, but I realized as I was going through the process and as I interviewed so many other singles uh, then, and even through the years since how important the foundational steps before that are. And by that, I mean, getting that, that solid relationship with yourself and very importantly, doing what I outline in that second book, French, the friendship upgrade, establishing that base group of friends and relationships in your life. You know, if you have other options for Friday night, you're not going to be so quick to grab, are you? You know, you're not going to, uh, the guy that, that, that says, oh yeah, I have this company and three PhDs and, you know, online and, and his picture looks like, uh, you know, surprisingly similar to somebody you might've seen, you know, in a, in a movie recently or something. Sure. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, if you have all those other things there, 
you aren't going to jump and you will also have people to kind of help you recognize red flags that you might not be so quick to, to pinpoint. So there's a, a point of delineation there that I guess for folks that are not way deep into, into social media, between how a lot of people uh, frame themselves up in social media, you know, you put your best foot forward and it's always the picture where you, you may look 10 pounds lighter or it's your best angle or whatever. Most people probably do that. Catfishing, though, is a whole different thing, right, where you yeah. pretend to be someone you really aren't. Right. And I think, you know, you can do some, some checking, uh, certainly to when people, cause you're right, it's a different identity then, but I think there are a lot of times there are the, the red flags are there and we don't need to jump and fly across the country or, you know, you have a phone call with, and you see their face then too, you do yeah. video, you do something where you actually have confirm confirmation that they're the person they say they are. Um, I don't like it when it's all texting because, you know, some, anybody could be writing those messages. They could be grabbing things from other places besides the fact that it really removes uh, all the important uh, social cues we need that we establish in conversation and, yep. and with face-to-face. -face. Well, things get lost but, in, in context, right? When you're texting. Mm -hmm. you know, oh, you, absolutely. You, you know, you intention uh, no. at the very least. Right. Well, sometimes, and the thing is, though, I will say with texting, bad spelling gets a pass because you can always blame autocorrect now. <laughs> <You know? laughs> In the old days, I might have rolled my eyes a little bit, but now it's just you assume the best. It's autocorrect, of course. Um, but yeah, I, you know, unfortunately, you know, they're catfishing people that go back to old relationships, people that, you know, there's a lot of that going on too, or people that simply like spin around and reach out for the nearest person to them in that moment. That's, that's loneliness speaking. Um, and unfortunately we've, we've kind of uh, removed ourselves more and more from, uh, from, from the, the kind of interaction that, that we typically use to kind of feel safe and secure in the world. And certainly the element, the, uh, the, the the events of the last few years haven't helped us on that in any way. So, you know, social skills aren't quite as strong and we're, we're you know, we can often be more susceptible. Loneliness uh, that you touched on, I'm sure really took off during the pandemic for a whole lot of people and folks are, are likely not recovering. I, I wonder from your vantage point as somebody who's written about this and spoken about and done a lot of research, um, is social media in terms of building relationships, is it a, is it a good thing in the fact that it helped us maintain some connections during the pandemic is, is social media and, and sort of the electronic world we live in a bad thing, or is it like a lot of things, is it a double-edged sword? Yeah, you got it in your last last point there. Uh, it, it can be good in terms of helping you establish connection. But if you're like a, a scroller, right? if you snack on social media and don't really engage with others, that will make you feel worse. Uh, it, it always will because you're an observer. It's the same as, you know, binging on Netflix. You're not participating and you're instead watching everybody else participating together. So there's an, ex you feel excluded. Um, now, if you can use that as a step to actually establishing contact with people, 
Um, maybe, you know, whether it's an old friend or you find people that have similar interests with you in, in your area that you can meet in a, you know, in a group and go hiking or something or, or go to a Christmas light display or volunteer together. Those kinds of things are good. Um, but, you know, it also can can be a distraction from the things that are really more important in your life, such as getting outside in real life. So, you know, we got bombarded by distractions in the past few years, and uh, it's easy to continue, you know, scrolling through news items and social media and, you know, videos, audio streams, podcasts, as wonderful as this podcast is, if this is all somebody does all day, that wouldn't be the best for their mental health health overall. For sure. Um, right. So, you know, I think we, we received, it's like, we're, you know, when a kid gets their bag of Halloween candy, <laughs> you know, I almost feel like as adults, we've been given all this access, but we don't have, we don't know how to put those limits on ourselves. And, uh, and by not putting limits on, in terms of our social media, our internet usage and all those distractions, not putting limits on actually limits us in a very real way in terms of our emotional health. Heather Dugan is the author of The Friendship Upgrade, Date Like a Grown-Up, and you can find her online at heatherdugan.com as we talk about getting through the holidays, which are not necessarily, Heather, I'm told, exactly like a Hallmark Christmas movie. Surprisingly so. <laughs> I, you know, there's some anxiety about and some families at getting together again. You know, yeah, yeah. we've had a lot of, you know, I, I think people are more aware of our differences now than our similarities. Uh, the holidays really are an opportunity, though, to kind of grab onto those things that we still share and to celebrate them. And I, I hope that people will kind of take that focus as they as they get together with family members. Well, let's um, talk about that a little bit. So mm -hmm. if you're getting together uh, with your family for Christmas, and maybe because of the pandemic, this might be the first time in a couple of years you've been able to do that, where you are mano a mano with uh, you know, with drunk uncle Chester <laughs> or, or whoever, <laughs> um, right. give me a couple of tips on, on sort of navigating those family dynamics because it's, it's not all Sesame street, right? It's not so uh, much, you know, it, I think, you know, first of all, you know, have some goals for yourself, some reasonable goals. You know, I want to, to, to talk to this person, that person, uh, you know, connect with so-and-so's new wife or whatever, but, but lower the expectations. I mean, this is a gathering of people that haven't been together in a while, you know, don't throw everything into this expectations need to be very simple, you know, kindness and respect. Those are reasonable, but beyond that, you know, you're going to have to let that go. But I think go in there with curiosity. That that always helps because it takes a little bit of the folk, a lot of the focus off of you. Okay. And, um, you know, finding out why, the, you know, if you think somebody has really odd political beliefs at this point, you know, that's that's happened a few times. Right. Sure. Um, you know, why not? ask some questions and find out just kind of what their life's been like in the last year or two. It may open your eyes a little bit to why they have made some of the choices they have. Understanding uh, how we get to somewhere, it can be very helpful in, in, um, in understanding the person at a deeper level and, and, and finding, you know, forging a way to, to continue a relationship through a, through a tough time. Mm 
and, you know, put the phones away. Um, you know, unless you're showing a picture of something that's, you know, you're, you're, you're going through your photo albums and showing, you know, pictures of the kid or something, you know, I, I think it's important. You really make yourself try to focus in that moment. I mean, this is a special event and maybe there'll be a few special events such as this, you know, absorb it. This is your, it's like, it's like a, a lizard on a rock in the sun, you know, this <laughs> is your social absorb it in. This is going to sustain you for a bit. Right. Hey, um, so you if you have it. someone with their head down on a phone, that, that's a great thought. Cause you know, if I walk into the Starbucks in my neighborhood um, on a Saturday morning, there's not a lot of eye contact happening because everybody's got their head down in the phone until they order. And then the head goes back into the phone. So let's say you're at a, a holiday gathering. Mm -hmm. And and you've got somebody else who's doing that. Maybe it's a teenager. Maybe it's a grown up. Right? Mm -hmm. um, what's your take on policing that and saying, "Hey, hey, look at me. Put that away." <laughs> How do you go about you know, that? You got any it, tips? Uh, yeah, it depends on the person. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, if it is, uh, you know, if it's one of your kids and you're a per parenting age, that's a reasonable thing to point out. Certainly, um, sometimes just by you know asking some questions you might be able to draw them out. That's a more gentle way to do it. You know, say, I'm really interested in hearing about your experience with blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and if that isn't really working and they're just really disengaged, you might say, gosh, you know, I was, I've really been looking forward to having a little time to catch up with you. Um, do you think we could put your phone away for a couple of minutes and we could just kind of talk? Um, you know, they may not be aware of it. A lot of times it's reflexive. Sometimes it is discomfort. If somebody is shy, that's another place to put their attention. So they're not aware of, you know, the things that are disturbing them at the moment. You know, we have a lot of social awkwardness in society. Um, younger generations haven't really, I hate to say this, but, but parents haven't always been the best at modeling social engagement to their kids. You know, they might say, put, put away this, you know, enough screen time, but there they are checking on work email over dinner. Right. Yep. Um, so it's important that we kind of, uh, you know, for the, I'm going off on a tangent here, Burke, forgive me, but so important to model how to start conversations and to, to actively participate in that. You know, when you're in Starbucks, I, you know, I, I have no problem unless somebody looks like they're really, really deep into something. Most people are very idly and obviously scrolling and you make a comment, you reach out. People a lot of times are kind of happy to have a moment to talk with somebody. They may not have had a conversation that day. Heather Dugan is our guest. She's going to make sure that we all make it through the holidays unscathed completely with our heads held high and our phones in our pockets. You can visit her <laughs> online at heatherdugan.com. All right, let, let's uh, flip the script a little bit. Let's say, let's say you've met someone and you kind of like them. And, you know, the, there can be some, some romance happening during the holidays. There could be, you know, errant mistletoe here and there, tither and yon. <laughs> what is, uh, for these new relationships, these new budding relationships, you know, you want to walk in gingerly, especially as a grown up. You wrote date like a grown up. Um, mm -hmm. What's appropriate and what's not in terms of, of you know, a, a gift, for example, um, and and sort of uh, you know, how far do you go? And I know that some of this is individualized in meeting the family, meeting the kids. 
Um, right. You know, so, so, you know, how do you wade in to new relationships during this time of year? There's so many factors and all those words you just said there, but um, you know, it's always better in the beginning to go slow because it is difficult if you race forward and then find out you went too far. Um, because if there really was possibility there, it's difficult to navigate a couple of backward steps and still keep a positive vibe going. Um, you know, I think I'd be very, you know, clear about what holiday events you have, maybe with your family. Um, I think if you have just met somebody, it might be too soon to do that unless you want to be the person who every year they stick at the side of the photo, you know, the family photo so they can crop <laughs> out whoever you brought that year. <laughs> Don't be We're that cropping person. out Bernice. Yes. <laughs> who was that person? Who was that guy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but slow is not bad. You know, you don't have to have the whole hallmark moment in one, you know, one season, you know, ideally we kind of grow relationships over time. And if you just met them, you know, you've got time for that to grow through to fruition, maybe for the next holiday, but, you know, plan some, some fun things for sure. But I would, you know, keep the expectations low. Um, you know, I remember times I maybe had started seeing somebody in Valentine's day was approaching, and rather than try to navigate all that awkwardness, I just had other plans with friends, you know, yeah, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, respect, if you already have plans, that shows that you value yourself and you value your life. Um, and, and then any gift giving, you know, keep it on the, uh, you know, you don't want to go out and spend a ton of money. I would, I would aim more for, for thoughtfulness, something that they've commented on, or you've noticed about them. Um, you know, if you feel confident on sizing and you feel like, you know, their color, you know, that can be a, a, a wonderful compliment that you've, you know, you said, I, I know this color would look wonderful on you, or they've talked about something Ooh, you find good. a yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're paying attention to somebody's details, that shows a lot of, uh, that shows you're really into that person. And that I've, that's something when my kids date and have dated, I'm always looking for the, the, the person that wants to know their details. Um, cause, cause that, you know, that's real engagement in there. That's investment in their life. So, um, you know, if they have hobbies or something, uh, hopefully they do, uh, things they've expressed interest in, you know, you can either find, you know, something that applies to that or a book, or, you know, maybe you find a date idea that you get the tickets for, for something the two of you can do. Um, but, but be creative over expensive, I would say on your first Christmas together, especially if it's advice. been a short time. No, that's terrific because you, you want to, uh, you want to come out strong, right? Mm -hmm. You want to, as a guy, of course, you want to, you want to impress, but you also don't want to set that bar so high that uh, Christmas number two, should it come, you can't ever get there again. So right. this is a good and, step. Right. And, you know, sometimes I'm just thinking of the, the, the differences that in the ways families celebrate, you know, we come into this with traditions of our own and, you know, one family, you know, the, the Christmas stocking might be, you know, tossing whatever leftovers are in the pantry, you know, <laughs> leftover yep. Halloween candy or whatever. And for other people, it's a real big deal. So, you know, talking about some of your family traditions ahead of time might be, be a good idea. So you, you understand kind of how you have done Christmas in the past, if that's your holiday or Hanukkah or whatever, you know, there's so many things going on this month. 
Um, we are in December now, Burke, aren't we? Almost. <laughs> okay. That's right. That's right. We're... I have to, if I get the year right, you know, after the COVID stuff, I'll tell you, it kind of got to where, what year we were it in. It kind of smears together, doesn't it, eventually? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of one big blur for me, but, it, you know, most of it's a happy blur. You know, there's a lot of happy moments anyhow. <laughs> relationship advice for the holidays from award-winning author heather dugan you can pick up date like a grown-up and friendship upgrade her books uh, on amazon.com visit her online at, at heatherdugan.com how do you know whether you're in the friend zone mm. and uh, how do you know if you can navigate your way out of the friend zone into the more than a friend zone yeah, that's a very, and you know, it's an interesting spot. There are different, I would say that it can be different for different people. Um, people approach attraction in different ways. You know, some are more attracted by mental. And so friendship might be a good place to start. Um, and the, the rest can build from that. But if you feel like you are in the friend zone and you absolutely are developing feelings for somebody and you're not sure if, if they're moving in that direction themselves, um, you know, I, I guess I would first give it some time because it, it is a difficult conversation to have. Um, but, but, you know, the more that you're able to let them know that you are noticing their details, you know, I'm thinking right now, way back to somebody that I had in the friend zone kind of at one point. And in retrospect later, I could see the little things that he was doing to show that he was aware of my details, ways he tried to take care of me, you know, and that is a very endearing thing, honestly. So, you know, you might try that mode. Um, don't respect yourself, certainly, you know, don't look like, you know, you don't want to be the only one giving, but make it more about acts of kindness, maybe rather than actual items or something. But, you know, see, did what, it work see for this guy, though? It sounds like it did not work for this guy. You know, that was an on and it was funny. It was a timing thing through the years. So but uh, a nice, nice, fond memories, fond memories. We had a lot of good adventures. Um, but uh, I, I think, you know, create opportunities for something more, if you wish, and see if that spark happens. That spark can happen, um, but not if you don't create the opportunities for to do so. So, you know, maybe you will do holiday lights together, suggest something like that. You know, dim lighting works well. Um, yeah. One of my, my little phrases, Bert, <laughs> you'll like this. Works really well for me. I, you know what? I, I, my, uh, I think this is going to be my dating profile thing. Still turns heads and dim lighting. What do you think? I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That works. Um, but you know, something, you know, kind of that amps the mood a little bit might be something worth trying. And, and if it's really burning in your heart, there is nothing wrong with saying, you know, I really value our friendship. On my side, I feel sometimes like there could be the possibility for something more. Is that something that's ever crossed your mind? Um, and, and then just have an honest discussion. I mean, because any good relationship, you're going to have to be able to talk in, in, in depth in an intimate way. So, you know, that may be a first step that, that leads somewhere. That's a brave. gutsy move. Yeah, it is. It is. But how long, you know, I look at life you know, we have life expectancies and they are no guarantees, right? You know, it's a, it's a guideline thing. So, you know, if you really feel for somebody, you're probably not going to feel for anybody else until you establish whether or not 
this is going to go where you would like it to. So, you know, it's, it's, it's usually better if the, if you've given it a lot of time and you've time for both of you to get to know each other, um, you know, it's probably better to find out than to, to, to burn that candle for, you know, another year or two. Makes sense. You, you talked about it for just a second earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I have never done and I've always been curious about because I see lots of my, uh, my grown up friends do it really well. And that's online dating. And I wonder what your take is on it uh, from an educated female perspective. Right. You know, there are some that just refuse to engage in that way. And some people are very fortunate in that their lives put them in contact with a variety of people um, consistently. For most people, and I will say when you get past a certain age, it's even harder, Um you need online dating is definitely, it's a big part of it now. Now, again, that is something I wish that, you know, people had to, I, I really, I would like to do a course in this for people. Honestly, there's so many things to, to take into uh, account as you move into that, because um, there's so many ways to do it wrong. Let me put it that way. All right. Give me a uh, couple of those. That's interesting. Tell me, tell yeah. me how you can screw it up if you've never done it before, okay. or maybe you've done it and you, you're not having success. How can you get it wrong? Right. Well, first, I mean, the somebody, the people that throw themselves into it and spend all their time doing it, that's not a good idea because, um, you know, it can consume you and you will get burned out. Okay. And it will lead to potentially to you not really being able to make choices. I mean, you can get in perpetual shopping mode if you're not careful. Um, So, you know, I think it's important to kind of find two or three people maybe that you're interested in having a conversation with, you know, see how that develops um, when you have actual, you know, get into more in-depth stuff than who your favorite, you know, what your favorite movies are or whatever. Um, but, you know, and, and people have different standards on this. I kind of, for me, it's been, you know, I don't want to have the urge to kiss more than one person. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that sounds kind of basic for me. Um, so, you know, you might have coffee with people, but, you know, hopefully you're kind of narrowing down the selection process uh, a little bit. And then you give that time to see if it can develop into something, maybe, you know, a relationship. Um Another thing, oh gosh, there's so many ways people do it wrong, Burke. I hate to, you know. This may be your next book. I know, (laughs) I know. It's just unfortunate because I see people too make the same mistakes again and again, and then they get discouraged. And that's very difficult. That's sad because there is hope to find people out there. Just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean that it won't. Um, You know, and, and for singles during the holidays, I, you know, somebody says you still single say, well, I'm still selective, you know, that's your response, because that's hopefully the truth, right? But I'm um, still selective, I'm writing it down now. Yeah. Um, But I think another thing is, is, um, with your profile is really putting in who you are, but in, in, in bite sized bits, not, you know, you don't want to hold chapter there. But instead of saying, I love to go do this, that, and the other, kind of describe it and give a sense of your personality. Um, You know, humor is always good. Um, You know, I have sometimes said bonus points if mosquitoes like you more than me, because (laughs) truthfully, you know, I like to be outdoors and it's a bit of an issue for me. So, and that gives people somewhere to start, right? When they're, when they're conversing with you or whatever. But instead of saying, you know, I love to cook, say, you know, 
great Friday nights with friends in my kitchen, you know, something, you know, to indicate that you're social and that you enjoy, you know, participating in, you know, culinary things. <laughs> Listen to me. I'm quite the cook. Can you tell culinary things? How was that? <laughs> um, Next, it's going to be plastic silverware with Heather Dugan. That's I know I'm not against it. If I had to be, um, <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am a pretty uh, low on ceremony person most of the time, but I just, you know what? I like people to be comfortable. So, and if you're that kind of a person, make that clear in your profile. And, you know, you mentioned before about people putting, you know, the best photo out there. Um, right. People, you know, it better look like you. Let me say that because it's very difficult to dance around that if you get to the point of actually meeting this person. Um, I'm a big fan of, you know, women do a photo or two without any makeup on, you know, it, you know, show who you really are. Um, I have, you know, led with my bike helmet photo at times because, you know, it, that's who I am. If I, you know, I like to hike, I like to bike. Um, I love that it's, it's real. It's real. I mean, and, and, you know, show other sides of you too. Hopefully we all have, you know, especially if you get to a certain age, we've got a lot of different things we enjoy. Um, put things that you're genuinely interested in, not with the idea that somebody needs to match you activity to activity, but that you'll have some overlap and, uh, you know, that you can at least discover what direction your passions lie. Um, you know, I, it's not so important. I think sometimes that like, if you are, you know, outdoorsy like me, um, that somebody do exactly like if somebody skis and I'm more of a, you know, I like to hike. Okay. Right. The idea is that we both, you know, that we have those similar pursuits and, and when you over a certain age, when you match, it's gonna, it should look more like Venn diagram stuff. You know, we have a big overlapping middle, but you still have your own lives going because if you put all this time into building them, you're hopefully not going to just throw it away when you find somebody, you know, who you want to spend your life with or be a partner with. How um, different is it, Heather? Uh, you know, the old saw is that with these online dating sites, that it's like a 10 to one ratio of, of men to women. I know you've done a lot of research on this. Is that true? Or what, what's the real complexion of those sites? It depends on the age and on the app, I would say, um, and the part of the country. It's difficult to, to, to get too specific on that. Um, I think the more specific you are in terms of what you can set your requirements for people. And, and by requirements, I guess I should say, you know, your filters for what you're looking for. Um, that will, you know, if you set those really broadly, you will get as many people as you want. <laughs> you know, if you're open to, you know, anybody within, you know, 10 years of age and, uh, you know, don't really get selective on a lot of the other, they have, you know, a lot of these will have, you know, options on whether somebody works out or if they drink or if they smoke or if they have kids, all those kinds of things. I mean, I'm not saying you can like get an AI clone <laughs> of the, your perfect person, but you know, you can certainly put a lot of descriptors in there of what you want. Um, but, you know, I think it's important as you are creating those filters for yourself that you, you really think about what's nice to have and what's necessary because, Sometimes I think people are uh, describing what they thought they were looking for 20 years ago and their life looks a little different now. And some of those things might not be quite as important, but, you know, I find it interesting that, you know, the twenties and 30 year olds are using the apps just as much now. Um, you know, I, 
to me, when I was in my twenties, it was a lot easier to mix with people. But I think because of what we've described with the, uh, the uh, internet and social media and all the distractions around us, you know, the in-person opportunities aren't as easy as they used to be for anybody. Our guest is Heather Dugan. She knows relationships. She, she wrote the book on them, as a matter of fact, uh, two of them, Date Like a Grown-Up and, and The Friendship Upgrade. When you wrote Date Like a Grown-Up and you're doing all this research, uh, which I'm sure could be fun at times and, and otherwise uh, not so much, what did you learn? Oh, my goodness. Um, Maybe that surprised you? That, you didn't that surprised me. You know, one of the things I think was that the vulnerability of men, um, they shared stories that surprised me a lot of the time. I mean, women, I knew already, you know, our vulnerabilities because we'd shared the stories with each other so much, but I heard more about where men were coming from and the uncertainties that they had. Um, people that weren't sure how to, how to even initiate the dating process because the last experience they had was college age or something to that effect. Um, and I think too, just how, um, you know, it became, and, and this has been all over the place in the last few years, but how much more difficult it is for men to have relationships in general. So the dating relationship can take on a bigger, uh, a, a, a bigger importance in their life because they may not have anything else you know, and so they really need to find. So a lot of them are kind of latched on at least at, you know, certain ages at finding one person right away and then getting married. And, you know, they're, they're very much focused on an end goal sometimes, not that some women aren't, but that was something that kind of surprised me. I would say when I was first researching it and, and hearing all the stories from people, the interviews. Date Like a Grown Up was the first book, then The Friendship Upgrade. They're both available at heatherdugan.com. And, and if you get to her quick, she could probably inscribe it and get it out to you just in time to put it in your Christmas stocking. If you have someone that uh, that is interested in, in uh, navigating that world. Um, for The Friendship Upgrade, you know, there's a phenomenon that, that happens a lot in, in major cities and small towns to a certain extent, but certainly in big cities where people pick their families and uh, you know, it's not the, the biological family, but it's, it's the family you choose to surround yourself with when you're perhaps single and away from your hometown and, and spending the holidays together. Um, most people think that's a good thing. What say you? I think it is an act of self love to choose your family. Sometimes you have to, Sometimes your family or of origin was not the kind of affirming place that really allowed you to be who you wanted to be and develop yourself in the right ways. You know, hopefully you've got some good family ties there, but there is nothing wrong with adding to that family with people that you can uh, engage with more frequently, perhaps uh, people that share your life experience in this moment. The more of life that we're able to share with people that matter to us, you know, that's what enriches everything. And that's what makes it fun to get out of bed in the morning when you know you're going to, you know, experience things with other people that are important to you. Um, and they're going to help you be your best self. Um, and I think, you know, as we're talking this and uh, talking about this um, in the holiday context, 
you know, it's important that we look out to people that might not normally be within our circle because they can surprise you. Um, people that are not normally the kinds of people you might hang out with or gravitate towards can bring new value, new, you know, a different kind of resource than you were even aware was out there, different kind of thinking, uh, you know, different skill set, different approach to life. You know, that I think life, it, it, meeting people and finding out about what makes them tick is one of the most exciting things of life. And so if you can enlarge your friend and family circle in that way, by looking for those kinds of people, you'll, you'll do everybody some good. Um, and sometimes, because I, I always, the, the people that are alone, um, they won't know how to reach out when they need to. So I, I would ask everybody to kind of be alert for those people that look like they're doing okay, but really don't seem to be uh, doing okay with anybody else. It's good advice. Um, and it touches on on a, a tough topic that I did want to mention is, as you know, we all get uh, another year older at every Christmas time. I've noticed as I've, I've reached this stage of my life, there are more and more of my friends and relatives who are spending the holidays alone because they have lost um, a yeah. loved one, whether it's a significant other or even a child or a parent, uh, a special friend. And, you know, coming out of the pandemic, it's even more pronounced. Thoughts yeah. on getting through the holidays or helping others get through the holidays. Uh, who've lost a loved one. Yeah, gr grief is just a very, very difficult, arduous, long journey. And everybody does it so differently. Um, yeah, I have a, a neighbor who just lost her son um, last month uh, after losing her daughter very recently uh, as well in a matter of years. Um, you know, I think it's important, you know, you, you want you want to acknowledge that person. There is nothing we want more sometimes when we've lost somebody than to share what we loved about them, what we treasured. And we need places to do that. You know, I, I, my doctor the other day, she, she lost her father during COVID. And I, you know, I asked her a few questions about him and about her family. And, you know, that, that gives us something when we're able to go there again and, and relive the memory. It's like you get another chapter with them almost, mm -hmm. if you get to talk about them like that and then, you know, look for ways, give them options. Um, a lot of times people aren't ready to commit because they don't know what they're going to feel like on Tuesday. But be consistent. You know, you don't offer one time, hey, if you want to come over for dinner, you know, reach out consistently. You know, um, I'm making soup next week. Um, I'll check in with you and see if you'd like some. Um, and, you know, the I'm here if you need me just doesn't do anything for anybody. I mean, it's a it's like the, the greeting card without any name in it. Um, you need to be aware that, you know, they're not going to they're not going to be able to give you anything right now. It's going to all be on you to just kind of give them the options that they can kind of integrate themselves back into things when they're ready. And it's a kindness that people really need. I mean, everybody needs that kind of kindness at some point in their life. And uh, I think once you've gone through loss yourself, you kind of have a, a little more sensitivity to what it feels like, but um, you know, each loss, again, is different. You know, somebody that's lost a child is going through a much different experience than somebody that's lost a parent, but there is a hole there nonetheless. And there's a space that 
that not much else is going to feel right now. It's just something you have to go through until you get more comfortable with that space. I'm always reluctant or hesitant at least to, to bring it up because you just don't mm. know what to say. It sounds like you advocate for, we're talking about that person that's been lost. Yeah. You know, I, we had a really long conversation in the grocery store last week, this neighbor and I, um, you know, and I wasn't aware that her, her son had died at that point yet. I knew he'd been very ill. Um, and, you know, that's what she needs. I mean, you give them the opportunity, you know, and, and if, you know, you know, grocery store to me wasn't the greatest place, but she wanted to talk. And, you know, I asked if it was okay. Cause I, you know, we both had tears um, and she, she needed that moment. That was good. But, you know, I've asked, I asked, you know, tell me about your dad. Tell me what you, you know, what your mom was like. How did you, what did you guys do at Christmas? What did you, these are special. And, and it, the thing is we begin to forget things. And so those questions can really be a gift in helping us to kind of gather back those memories that are drifting. Um, it's not, you know, they don't have to, they may say, no, thank you. I don't want to talk about it, but, you know, let go of your own worry of awkwardness and, and just really make it about them. That's what they need. Um, and, you know, frankly, you know, who cares if, if they say no to you at that point, you you've done sure. kindness. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, acknowledged, you know, I will never forget my sister, she lost her first husband to cancer. And then I remember them both talking to me about, you know, the neighbors feeling so awkward when he was, was, you know, he, he was still, he was doing badly, but he was, you know, still around at that point and outside sometimes and how people would be going by and they'd, you know, they'd suddenly get a message on their phone <laughs> and have to busily start text texting yeah, when they were walking yeah. by because they didn't know what to say. Um, you know, and I've talked about, you know, when you the, the, the memorial services and people being afraid there, it's, you know, it, it, saying nothing is not great. At least saying, you know, I'm thinking of you. I'm sorry that you, you can't pretend it's not there. And, uh, you know, it's okay to say, I don't really know what to say, but I just really feel for you right now. Heather Dugan is the author of The Friendship Upgrade, also Date Like a Grown-Up. She's an award-winning author, relationship coach, and uh, speaker. You can have her come and speak to your group. Uh, before we wrap up, I'm going to get your your feedback on this because I don't uh -huh. want to be off base. Okay. Uh, within the last two weeks, I have two female friends, one who's 32, the other who's 56, and they both have told me that when guys are hitting on them, uh, one, by the way, is married, one is in a committed relationship, apparently that matters not to some guys, that men are in the habit of sending over uh, photos of their nether regions. Oh, I was my. shocked by this. Yeah. And yeah. I said, you're kidding me. And they both whipped their phones out, and sure enough, as they whipped their phones out, these guys had whipped their you know, <laughs> things out. So oh this goodness. is a real thing. Can we just get to the bottom of yeah. it right now and say, this gentleman is a bad idea and is not going to move the ball forward for you? Not in any way. Um, I'm surprised that they would send it to women that are in a relationship too. That's a whole other thing. But um, yeah, you know, there are a lot better icebreakers than that, guys. Um, I, I, uh, yeah, and there's also the fact that you you just can't be sure that's going to be deleted ever. I mean, <laughs> uh, how, you know, I mean, do you really, are you really that proud of it? Because what if it shows up, you know, 
it could go anywhere, but it's, it's not, you know, the, the, the attraction thing mm-hmm. is not for women going to necessarily be a picture. Okay. First. I mean, if we want to get real basic there guys um, and, and that's just, that's just not respecting. That's not showing respect for who she is. Honestly, that's more about you. <laughs> if you're sending a picture like that, I thought they were making it up until they uh, showed me and sure enough this happens uh, yeah i know that it it yeah that that's that's not great i i yeah hopefully you begin to you can stop that before it happens sometimes you can kind of tell where somebody's going with things i got yeah uh, any there's a lot i i probably know too much sometimes but you can kind of read people a little bit and uh yeah, I, I would say that there's maybe a sentence or two that would come before that might might indicate you you better like turn off your phone. <laughs> we may need to have you back again around Valentine's Day and pretty much every other major holiday. You're oh, yeah. a, a wealth of knowledge, Heather Dugan. Well, it's always great to share it. I, I just I, I want us to enjoy our lives and if I can help make it a little easier for people. I'm all about that. That's my pal, Heather Dugan. She's an award-winning author, uh, speaker, columnist, media spokesperson, and all-around great gal. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Burke. And that's our Big Time Talker podcast today. Thank you for listening. Wherever you are, whatever you do, go out and make it a great day. Bye, everybody. <laughs>